So a quick hack, if you're doing some research, I love building relationships with kind of like your market directors because they're the ones who handle a lot of the sponsorships. HR folks within a corporate um, entity, they handle a lot of the engagement and volunteerism. How do we get our employees involved? Um, obviously, if you can get you know someone in the C-suite or the VP level involved too, um, they can help expedite giving and the process. So that six-figure gift that I got that doubled came from someone who's at a senior level piece of this organization, part of this organization. But at the end of the day, who what, what drove the partnership were the relationships that um, we were able to build. You're listening to the Nonprofit Problem Solver Podcast brought to you by KevKayat.com. Kev helps nonprofit leaders deliver more impact faster and easier so they can be mission accomplished in 40 hours a week or less. For more information, visit KevKayat.com. Because good causes deserve better results. Now, here is the host of Nonprofit Problem Solver, Kev Kayat. Hello, Kev Kayat here. Welcome to Nonprofit Problem Solver, brought to you by Yachtme, the virtual events platform 100% free to nonprofits, and Pod Pro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. Thanks for tuning in. Just to be clear, you are actually the Nonprofit Problem Solver. As host, my job is to extract from our guests the practical, tactical expertise that you can put straight into action. This is a recording of a live event hosted on Yachtme. Did I mention it's 100% free to nonprofits? Find out more at y.yacht.me. That's W-H-Y dot Y-O-T dot M-E. You can join me on these live events every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Register at yacht.me or nonprofitproblemsolver.com. You can find me, Kev Kayat, at kevkayat.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. Join the Nonprofit Problem Solver Club on Clubhouse and the Nonprofit Problem Solver Facebook group to get all the latest practical, tactical advice on being the best nonprofit entrepreneur you could be. And check out my coaching programs at nonprofitentrepreneur.com. What people often forget about corporate partnerships is the fact that they are, in fact, partnerships. It's easy to focus on the funding you might get from a corporation, but there's much more to a successful partnership than money. And you have to ask, why would a corporation partner with you? What do you bring to the table? Today's guest is Tammy Charles, who has been building corporate partnerships for a decade. She tells us what you need to do to get them right and when they're not right for you at all. Hello, and welcome to Nonprofit Problem Solver. We are now episode 45, and uh, blessed today to have as my guest, uh, a good friend, Tammy Charles, uh, right out of Tampa, Florida, and we are going to be speaking about corporate partnerships. One of our favorite topics that comes up all the time, but before we get into it, let me just say thank you to Yachtme uh, as a show sponsor. This is the virtual events platform that you're watching on now. If you're listening to the audio, you can thank Glenn from Pod Pro Audio, making podcasting, uh, professional podcasting easy. So, Tammy, how are things going? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm hot here in Tampa, Florida, but we're surviving. We're making it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell folks uh, a little bit about your nonprofit experience uh, some of the things that you do, 
uh, and um, a bit about what programs you provide or coaching or consulting. Awesome. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you, Kev, for this amazing opportunity to just have this amazing chat. I'm super duper doped and excited about it. Um, so yeah, my nonprofit experience started, I would say now almost a decade. So that's good. Have a little bit of experience now. Um, and, uh, I got my MBA at the university of Tampa. So I've always been passionate about business. So even when I started out my career, I've always tried to determine how can I kind of connect the business world with the nonprofit world. And little did I realize that that passion in that connection would lead me to where I am today, which is my expertise in corporate relations, like being able to speak that language of business and figure out how do we kind of like converge that with the nonprofit space. So my career started out in fundraising, just like a lot of us in this space, right? You know, did mm -hmm. donor relations work. And then I transitioned kind of by accident into the consulting space. I started getting requests for, you know, people to work with me as clients and then I've kind of just been in this space ever since. I'm also in the academic field, so I also teach. Um, I teach some social entrepreneurship classes, business classes. So that keeps me kind of like cutting edge and make sure that I'm kind of staying on top of my craft. But um, that kind of like journey from, you know, MBA all the way to where I am now, it allows me to leverage both worlds, my passion for business and innovation and entrepreneurship, and integrate that with social impact in the nonprofit field. So... Yeah, yeah, we've had uh, a couple of chats about social entrepreneurship. I know it's another another topic, and uh, uh, aside from this this more narrow one that we might want to come to, we should also give a plug out to uh, season one of the podcast when we were running in a panel format when we first started uh, in the middle of 2020. Uh, we planned it before the pandemic, but we we actually did them live uh, on Zoom, if you recall, during the pandemic. And you were on the marketing and fundraising panel. Yes, it was such an exceptional group of people. I just love the diversity of thought and experiences. I mean, all bases were covered. So it was really phenomenal, really phenomenal group of people. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a lot of fun. That that panel was uh I think we got up to sort of seven or eight people on some of them. It was uh uh it was <laughs> sort of an off the hook conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um anyway, I think those were let's see, that'll be episodes uh 3, 7 and uh 11. So um Check out season one. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's on, uh, obviously, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, so um, those were interesting topics at the time because they actually still resonate now. They still have a shelf life, and people are still working out as we emerge from lockdown. A lot of the same questions that we thought were, ah, right now, we got to know this answer right now. And, right. Uh, and they, they, still, they, still, um, they still matter, those answers. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think a lot of it so, is just making, so I was going to quickly say just, I think a lot of it is just making sure that we're taking those lessons that we learned from last year and still applying them this year and moving forward. Yeah. Cause it's, it's very, it's very important, especially when, when we talk about, you know, corporate partnerships. Yeah. And a lot of the practical tactical things, which we try to emphasize on this program still apply, even though the context is slightly uh, different. So I think there's 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 lots to learn. I was just going to ask if you, um, in addition to uh, your teaching, your consulting, where would people find you online? And do you have any particular trainings or programs that you uh, have going on right now? Or anything that's up, that's uh, coming up soon? 
Definitely. So if you want to learn more about my work, I would say go to www.iamtammy.com. Super simple, iamtammy.com. You'll learn more about my work in consulting, training, some of the offerings we have. Um, and I, I do actually have a couple of uh, trainings coming up. So I want to give a huge shout out to the Nonprofit Leadership Center. We're doing a virtual series on amplifying your communication. So last week we did topic on pitching, how to really pitch your store, your organization for funding. Next uh -huh. Thursday, we're doing a training on mastering the art of storytelling, which is something I love to do, especially when you talk yeah. about corporate partnerships, being able to story tell great stories is so important. And so, and then on September 2nd, I believe, don't quote me, um, <laughs> I'm doing a training on personal brand, which is extremely important, especially as you're leveraging corporate partnerships is really mastering your thought leadership. Um, and I also want to give another shout out to the Nonprofit Marketing Sub Summit, um, August 2nd through the 5th, I believe. Um, I'll be a speaker talking about social entrepreneurship, how to master your pitch. Um, and we're also doing a pitch competition. So if you want to learn more, I would say reach out to me. Go to IamTammy.com. And I have a form there. So feel free to reach out to me to learn more about the trainings that we have coming up and subscribe to um, our upcoming newsletter as well. That's great. And then the events, uh, now we, we live in this uh, sort of virtual world or the hybrid world, uh, uh, right. you know, that platforms like Yachtme make, uh, make possible. Are those going to be um, recorded with replays available? Uh, if people are listening, say, later in 2021, will they be able to go back and listen to some of those things? I would say for the training that I'm doing, not, uh, it's a, it's actually four hour training. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So but the summit. Recorded. But for the summit, that's a good question. I'm not sure. So definitely reach out to me. I'm not sure if that will be recorded or not. It's a good question. Okay. And so find you at imtammy.com. And is there a uh, particular social media platform uh, that you, that you particularly like to use? Yeah, I would definitely say LinkedIn. So if you go to LinkedIn and put in Tammy Charles, Hopefully, it's not a lot of Tammy Charles's, so you can look me up there. Um, but that's where I'm really active. And I share all of my events and upcoming trainings on there as well. So feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Excellent. Okay. So let's get into this. Um, uh, I, don't, I know you get this question all the time. I get this question all the time. Uh, we see it in forums. We see it in discussions uh, at any stage of nonprofit entrepreneurship. So people are starting out and maybe they learn that, grants aren't going to be readily available. They're, they're trying to cultivate some individual donors, and then they start to reach out perhaps to some small businesses locally and uh, other uh, uh, business people that they know, and this idea of, of corporate sponsorships and corporate partnerships comes up, as is uh, the case for more experienced nonprofit leaders who have got to a point they think, okay, now it's time we need to reach out and, and, and spread our wings a little bit. We're no longer such a small shop. And again, this then becomes, hmm, how do we do this? And, right. and a lot of people make the mistake. I know I'm loading lots in here to let you just go off on things. <laughs> uh, but I know a lot of people will tend to restrict their thinking of corporate partnerships to event sponsorship. You know, who's going to um, uh, uh, buy this top level of sponsorship or how do I set out my tiers to attract to, to corporate people? And I think, wow, that's, that's such a small part of this big, big uh, pie we've got here with corporate right. partnerships. Right. All right, so I've just teed you up. Go. Yes, <laughs> so much. And I loved how – I want to go back to the beginning there because you talked about 
you know, are we, where are we at in our journey as a nonprofit? That's actually where, that's where everything starts. It starts with your strategic plan. That's where it starts. So if we're a smaller nonprofit, um, you know, do we have the capacity to engage a portfolio of small businesses and corporations and corporate partners to engage them? Because partnering with a corporation, especially with the trends that we're seeing, corporations want a holistic partnership. So even in my mm-hmm. career in fundraising, um, when I was a corporate relations manager, I realized early on that I needed to not just focus on sponsorships and logos. I needed to focus on how do we create strategic engagement? So I started designing holistic plans. All right, these are our volunteer opportunities. These are our in-kind. These are our financial. These are our PR. These are some ways you can help us innovate our programming. So I learned really early on, but I worked with an organization that had the capacity, the depth, the breadth, the width, the height, all of that. I had a marketing job, right? It was was, was your job. This is the, this is the thing that I think people don't realize is that they might, you know, let me go through a local networking event and they meet people who run small businesses and they're talking to the CEO or maybe the number two in command. And, and, you know, that's great. But, but really if you go, larger to the larger fish they actually have staff employed in the capacity to do corporate social responsibility or provide that sort of partnerships and they're the ones who are actually looking for partners right 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 like that's their that's their job and the other piece about corporate social responsibility in addition in addition to looking for partners just like you know as nonprofits we're vetting to make sure that that corporate partner matches our values matches our strategic direction that corporate partner is doing the same thing. Because at the end of the day, one of the things I always share to nonprofits is, you know, corporations have, and I'm, we're talking about corporations, we'll get to small businesses because that's a diff, whole different game there, but corporations yeah. have a fiduciary responsibility to provide a return to their, to their shareholders. And that's mm-hmm. important for nonprofits to know because corporations are built to provide that return, but they also know that in doing that, how do we provide a return to our community? And this is where nonprofits come in, right, um, to really help guide them and support them in that um, specific field. But I think it's important, you know, for nonprofits to understand when you're thinking about engaging with a corporation, really ask yourself, where are we at in our journey? You know, what are our expectations and what are those potential corporations? What are their expectations? If you go on their website, they'll tell you, we're looking for a partner who can do X, Y, Z. These are the areas that we fund. Do we match that? And then the other question we have to ask ourselves is, do we have the capacity to sustain? Yeah. There was a study done by um, PricewaterhouseCoopers, and I think it was like, you know, 70% of, you know, corporations, they're looking for nonprofits to be able to sustain that relationship. So it's not just every year fund our, you know, luncheon or our dinner right. gala. How can we sustain this relationship throughout the year? How can we make it, uh, you know? So I, I, I like that. So I want to just tie back to the idea of a strategic plan and, uh, and, and I'll use this term motivation. Mm-hmm. What is it that as a nonprofit you are looking for from a corporate partnership? And, and, right. and obviously partnerships succeed when it's a win-win. So you don't necessarily have to be balanced in, 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 in any particular dimension, but you, you both have to feel like you're getting what you want out of it. So right. in a, a nonprofit their motivation really for for a corporate partnership has got to go beyond just the money right because that's just too it's too it's too superficial 
for mm -hmm. to interest most corporate partners. That's what I hear you saying. Yes, definitely. And it actually really starts with who you're serving. So usually when I, you know, talk to nonprofit leaders about where do you start in the conversation about corporate relationships, it starts with your beneficiaries. So say for example, if my beneficiaries are, you know, people who struggle with homelessness or mm -hmm. um, trying to address the issue of racial injustice and so on, it actually starts there. What do our beneficiaries need and how can we leverage our partnerships in order to serve best serve and optimize social impact for those beneficiaries. So it really starts there. Now, what does it look like strategically? A tool that I love to use, and I'm a little bit of a geek, but I love this tool so much. Is there's, there's definitely scope for geeking out in this podcast. So we, yes. we do it all the time with, with, with extra. We, we, if, if we get into the alphabet soup sort of jargon thing, we might have to spell things out a little bit. But. Yes, yes. And I won't do that. I promise I will make sure to keep them out. <laughs> um, but there's this tool called a balanced scorecard. And uh, if you think about the balanced scorecard, it's developed by Kaplan. And, you know, a lot of organizations, they tend to, you know, measure their success by how they're doing financially, right? So he developed this concept called a balanced scorecard because he recognized that not all, all organizations, um, you, actually every organization should not measure themselves just by financial success. They should measure themselves based on how they're doing operationally, how are we providing you know, value to our customers, um, how are we providing value to our donors, and so on. So the reason why I love using this tool is because it helps simplify. So we're looking at a strategic plan. Let's kind of categorize, you know, how can we look at our organization holistically? What goals do we have as it relates to our operations, our finances, our partnerships? And then after we've done used that tool, how can we begin plugging our corporate partnerships into our overall organizational strategy? So, and what's really helpful about that too, is you can actually build out your packages, your corporate packages, your proposals, based on that specific balance scorecard. Because you're going to have to do that work anyway. I mean, imagine this has never happened ever. Never happened where a strategic plan says, uh, get corporate partnership. And they assign right. it to somebody and, they say, and then they move on because the corporate right. partnership is going to fill some sort of hole. Now, yes. the person who's assigned to do that is going to have to do all that strategic work or they're not going to get very far. But mm -hmm. I, what I, what I, I want to pull out here, your yeah. view on, that has to happen as part of the strategic plan. It can't just be an implementation phase for a member staff or a board member or a volunteer, or whatever, just fill all that stuff out because it really has to go to the heart of what the organization's doing, as you yeah. said, who it serves. Yes, that's very true. So this is the reason why we start with what are our goals as an organization first? And then how can we begin plugging our par corporate partners in to help us accomplish those goals? It's the same thing as this. So corporate partnerships aside, say, for example, we're looking to partner with the local government or we're looking to partner with a local school district. We would do the same type of work. We would say, how, how is their alignment um, as it relates to serving our beneficiaries better, you know, uh, making sure that we meet our outcomes? We would do the same due diligence I think we need to treat corporate partners as the same kind of like stakeholder. They're a part, they should be in that process of vetting and how do they fit our strategic goals and our strategic plan? It's the same process. So that's, that's, that's great. I love that. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, it seems sort of, sort of obvious when we say it, Oh, well, they're a partner. You've got to treat them like all partnerships. Okay. Yes. Great. I, I get that. Um, but there is something different about 
corporate partnerships as opposed to, say, a local government who you might think might be a purchaser of your services or a funder, you know, if, to serve a particular point of, of community. And there, there's obviously a policy dimension there to it. But with corporate partners, uh, partnerships, I think that the, the challenge is thinking of them beyond just the financial resource or the marketing muscle of a local brand. Right. And what corporations bring to a partnership to for a nonprofit is that they not only have the financial engine, right, but they also have, I mean, you think about a major like multinational corporation, you have access to a plethora of employees. So say, for example, you want to start a new program. Um, I, I remember I actually did a partnership where we were starting a new program and we wanted help with the market research. We wanted to know, we wanted access to data. And so we didn't, you know, we're a nonprofit. We didn't have kind of like the organizational capacity to do that. But we partnered with a corporation who that is what they do. They do consulting for major multinational firms all around the world. So employees gave their time, you know, about I think it was like five hours a week or so to really help us map out and design our program. And they loved it so much that they ended up kind of underwriting a portion of it. So we had the strategic partnership where we were able to build out this incredible, fascinating program. They loved it. And then we got their headquarters to come in, do a check presentation. So that is what that looks like, is how can we leverage the innovations that corporations are already doing? And how can we, you know, add that, add value to our organization's strategic goals and, and outcomes? So really, what we're starting with, if, if, in, in terms of this, this question, this, this, this problem that we, we're, we're trying to address is how do I build corporate partnerships, is the, you have to ask yourself as a very first question, why do I want a corporate partnership? What am I hoping to get out of the partnership? How does it fit in with where we are right now? What our strategic uh, plan is um, and, and, and the people we serve? So how, in other words, how could a corporate partnership fit into that situation? So you have to be able to answer that question first. Yes. But yes, then yes. you may not have the second question that we talked very at the beginning. You may not actually have the bandwidth to sustain or to even pursue those partnerships. And it may be that in the short term, you're going to spend that uh, time that you have, your time and energy cultivating more major donors, for example. And you have to make these choices and, and trade-offs within your shop, right? Right, right. And I think to go back to that first so question about how do I build corporate partnerships, I want to just make this easy for those who are listening once you look at your strategic plan and you've built in your packages, like these are the areas where we can plug in our partners. Um, the next step is actually the easier steps, I, I believe, right? So mm -hmm. your major gift, to, so those of you who are, you know, really familiar with individual major gift fundraising, it's the same process, I promise you. You'll prospect and qualify. And what I love about corporate partnerships, about the prospect and qualifying is especially for your major multinational firms, right? Your kind of larger organizations, they'll tell you what they fund, right? Like we are right. Coca-Cola and we fund health and education, youth empowerment. We're a Bank of America. We fund low to moderate income populations. They'll tell you who they fund. So prospect and qualifying already happens. Now cultivation is easier because now you're reaching out to that CSR director and saying, I look on your website and I see that you fund low to moderate income populations. We do that too at our nonprofit. So I wanted right. to reach out. Prospecting, qualifying, cultivation for corporations, that process is so amazing and seamless because the information is on the website. Now, the hard part is persistence. 
Because when you send out the first email, maybe eight times out of 10, you may not get a response. So you have to be creative. I've had to do, do LinkedIn searches, do whatever I can to make sure I can get to the right person. But at least, you know, you're, you, you have access to so much information. So you can prospect, qualify, cultivate. Solicitation is easier too, because you already know what you're asking for, because you already know what type right. of proposals they fund. And stewardship is amazing because corporations will tell you how they want to be stewarded. And then the other piece is evaluation. So that whole, you know, major gift strategy that we use for individual donors overlay that same process for your corporate donors as well. So would you, would you say that they're, they're, they're like, you know, in addition to like any partner that, that in a sense, there's, they're similar to foundation style grants in that there's a, there's explanation on the website about what they're interested in. Now they may not have funded programs like grant, like foundations often do that say, you know, we're looking at grants of this level, but often they do. They say we're, you know, we're, we're, we're interested in partnerships up to this value and so on. But I, I get a sense that they're, they're a bit more flexible because they want to tease out what they can actually get out of a partner. Is that, is that fair? That is very fair. One thing I will tell you is before you apply for a corporate foundation grant, just like you would do for a regular foundation grant, build that relationship. This is where our major gift hat, we put it on. Um, one thing I learned again, early in my career was, you know, I would go on a corporation's website. Well, I'll go on Dell Foundation or Google Foundation, their website, and I would see, and they'll tell you RFPs, send it on this date. But I knew that I wanted to have a conversation because those conversations is where I got insight on how do they want us to organize our grant. And I actually partnered with our grant writer in order to make sure that based on the conversation I have with that corporate partner, based on the insight that they gave to me, how do we position our proposal to maximize funding? I've even had corporate partners tell me what I should ask. They're like, you're not asking for enough. You didn't ask for more. I actually doubled one gift to a six-figure gift <laughs> because I sat with the foundation and they told me like, y'all don't ask for enough and you're asking at the wrong time. I know our website says this, we really love you. You need to ask for more. That came, and I love sharing this story. I get goosebumps all the time because it shows that relationships are everything. At the end of the yes. day, focus on building relationships. Yeah, that's where, and that's where, that's where I think we were, you know, I, I think we, we were headed. Right. Um, and the way I wanted to, to frame this is that um, behind this idea of a corporate and there's, there's, there may be a fortune 500 brand, you know, a household name of some, of some kind, but right. there's a person there. So just like we said at the, at the top of the show that there's a, there's a person in a job whose, whose, whose role it is to work out all these ways of partnership and to, right. to find nonprofit partners um, that person is still a human with preferences and curiosities and a, a personality and somebody you need to connect to. Yes, I absolutely love that. Like that's why when I when I've done my prospecting and qualifying, I'm looking for a person. So a quick hack: if you're doing some research, I love building relationships with kind of like your market directors because they're the ones who handle a lot of the sponsorships. HR folks within a corporate. Um, entity, they handle a lot of the engagement and volunteerism. How do we get our employees involved? Um, obviously, if you can get you know someone in the C-suite or the VP level involved too, um, they can help expedite giving and the process. So that six-figure gift that I got that doubled came from someone who's at a senior level piece of this organization, part of this organization. But at the end of the day, who what, what drove the partnership were the relationships that um, we were able to build. 
And for me, what helped me as a fundraiser is I made sure to build relationships with people, even within my organization, even within the board of directors to help amplify that partnership. Like, okay, if I'm, I I was kind of like, say, for example, you know, I was a corporate relations manager. I wasn't at that VP level, but if I wanted, if, if the VP level director was interested in building a relationship with us, I made sure maybe our CEO was involved or our board member was involved. All of that is how do we make connections how do we get people to connect, to converse in order to build, but this is going back to what we talked about earlier, to sustain. The relationship is actually what sustains that relation, is what, you know, sustains that partnership. Yeah, but it, so at some point, what we're saying is that in a sense, the, the um, what may, in terms of the initial prospecting and filtering and cultivating, look something like a, a, a sort of foundation. Just like in those cases, you want to, connect to the program manager you've got to there's a human there who's going to make a decision right uh, and so you you know the uh, you know the 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 relationship you have with that person doesn't prevent you know doesn't right. doesn't work around their standard decision making process exactly. but it yeah. gives you a lot more information so you perform better through it exactly and one thing too i want to just share really quick about the difference between have an engagement strategy and a communication strategy because obviously all relationships, our friendships, whatever, it takes mm-hmm. great communication to sustain any relationship. So when you're in the process of building your corporate relations program, think about you know some ways that you can build in kind of like a, a seamless communication strategy. Like what is how do we communicate at the level of prospecting? How do we communicate? What is our communication strategy when we're cultivating? Make sure that that's in place. Now engagement. Is different. So before you crack on to engage, can you give some examples of what what that would what that would look like? Because I think this is where a lot of people listening are. They they're thinking, okay. I don't have the partnerships. I'm at this point of, uh, mm-hmm. of of engaging or communicating. So what is what does that look like when they're laying it out to have it to so that they feel like they have it in place? That's very good. So um, I would say if you can use a simple CRM customer relationship database platform, it makes this process a lot easier to manage. So just FYI, there's cost effective options out there. But when it comes to um, communication, so say for example, you are, we're talking about how do I build corporate partnerships? You went on the potential corporate partners website and you see that they give to an area that you specialize in. That initial email, right? That initial touch point is, hi, I was viewing your website and I saw that we have mutual interests. I would love to set up a time to for us to share about what we do. We'd love to share about your goals and then move that along. So that initial kind of conversation is pretty intuitive. It's, I went on your website. I saw what you've done or what you're interested in. We do something similar. Can we set up a time to talk? You want to drive that partner, you know, that potential partnership to some sort of a Zoom or, you know, face-to-face conversation. And then when you get even into cultivation, so say that you've built that partnership and now you've been talking to them about your programs and now you're like, I think we're ready to ask or we're ready to like do and ask for that corporate partner. It's, it's just making sure that you're explicit about that. You know, we see that you love, you've been engaging with us. We would love to learn more about your financial giving programs. How can we partner with you financially? Um, because you see that you're passionate about X, Y, and Z. So a lot of it is, I think when it comes to communication, show that corporate partner that you've done your research, right? Show them that you're interested in meeting mutual goals. And honestly, how that's happening, it's happening through a phone call. 
is happening through a personal touch via email. You also want to make sure that that corporate partner subscribed to your newsletter in some way to keep them updated on what mm-hmm. you're working on. And you also want to make sure you're calling, right? You want to make sure you're calling that person. So um, the how is that personal touch email, that phone call, and making that as simple as possible. And then the other, the higher level communication strategy is making sure that they subscribe to your email, your newsletter, they're following you on social media, and so on. So it's also clear from from doing those things that this isn't an, an overnight thing. This is not, you know, uh, you know, drive through partnerships. No, you know, I'd like. I'd like two corporate partnerships, please. You've got to, um, you've got to cultivate, or just like any right. partnership in any relationship, this is not, uh, this is not instant. Yes, very, very good, and it's a conversation. You're constantly. I, I can't even begin to express how I was actually reading just the other day an old email that I sent to a corporation where, in the notes, I put something like. We haven't, they told us, so we had a conversation. I, I asked them to evaluate the partnership. I asked them, how are things going? How do you feel about it? And they were like, you know, we really want to engage with this program. You haven't told us about this. Like, are there funding opportunities? Like they were asking us. What, what can we pay for? <laughs> yeah, what can we pay for? I had another meeting with another organization where I, I, I gave them an update on everything we were doing. Update meetings are very important. If you're about to start a new program or start a new partnership or whatever it is, Make sure you're letting your corporate partners know or even your business partners know. Because I remember I had a meeting with a corporation. I told them everything we're working on, our strategic goals, which is very important. And they were like, oh, my goodness, we're not giving enough. We're only giving 10,000. We need to figure out how we can give more. And like they were talking amongst each other. Like I let them deliver and they were like, we have not been giving enough. So the purpose of communication is to engage, inform, persuade, kind of like your typical communication strategies. But you want to constantly update your partner. What are you working on? What are the challenges you're having? Like COVID-19 has busted all of our butts. So it's a really good time if you haven't yet to be honest with what you're going through and leverage your partners to help you kind of think through. Let them be your sounding board. Let that foundation or that corporate partner you've been working with be your sounding board to say, what should we do? What are we not thinking about? They love things like that. So those are different ways to sustain that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So those, those, those make sense. You mentioned earlier that um, they tell you how they like to be stewarded. And we know, you know, in this is, this is one of the things it's very easy to drop the ball uh, because, you know, as soon as the check clears, you know, you've, your priority is to, you know, is to to speak to somebody else probably. Uh, but we want to embrace people as they as they uh, have basically come into the tent, or perhaps they've increased their contribution from the last time. When you say that 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 they tell you how they want to be stewarded, can you give some examples of of how they tell you and what they know and how that might be different from other sorts of partners? Yes, I love that question. So I would say have that conversation early when you're in the process of submitting that proposal. I actually put an addendum potential stewardship strategies in that proposal. I always do it. And then we have a conversation. Hey, here are some ways that we typically steward our corporate partners. Are these meaningful? The key word is meaningful. Ask them that word. Like ask them that question with that word. Yeah. Meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. You. And so when we're having that, so say for example, they gave us a gift and we're excited about 
that gift, you know, we'll tell them, I'll send an email and say, thank you so much for your gift. We typically thank our corporate partners through a check presentation, um, you know, a press release. What are some other meaningful ways can we, you know, thank you? And they'll tell you. So some typical ways that I've heard, especially now, like I've had some conversation with corporations recently. And one of the things that they love to see is, you know, how can we, how can you share us a story of how this funding will support your mission? We want to share this with our employees. That's a huge. They want to see the impact. They want to see it at work. They want to be able to, to claim because they're, Yes. Their objective is to is is, is basically um, delivered through the gift they've made to you, and right. you're the one actually doing the work. They need okay. to see it. I love that. Yeah, their objective is delivered through the gifts. Absolutely love that, right? Because you are helping them meet their objectives as well. So typical. Make sure. You, and the biggest thing as a this is where we're going back to our earlier conversation about capacity. Do we have the capacity to sustain corporate partnerships? You want to make sure that. You have a system to document your relationships. You want to have a system to document your stories. How is mm-hmm. that? How did that specific gift impact your beneficiaries? How did it transform the lives of the people that you serve every day? That's important for you to know because, again, right. going back to right. scorecard, how are we meeting our outcomes? But then you want to let that corporation know your gift, this partnership, this engagement is transforming lives. So and, you and can it also be um, also uh, the, the the benefit of the gift may be to core operations. We were actually able right. to sustain our programs because we could, you know, fund the the, the 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 IT system that we needed. We were able to do these other things that were not, you know, not not, not traditional programmatic costs. But if you want to support us as an organization, you got to help us live and survive right. as an organization. That is so good. So I actually helped the client write out a proposal. For them to fund their marketing plan and then we we basically <laughs> told them you know our ability to communicate to our stakeholders will allow us to achieve more health equity in our community right so yeah. you always want to because at the end of the day your mission is to make an impact when you operate more right. effectively if you look at the balanced scorecard right the reason why we're measuring ourselves in all these areas because it actually allows us to produce more social impact at the end of the day. So when you're able to tell, hey, yes, we need you to fund our marketing plan, but this marketing plan is going to accelerate our progress and our ability to serve more people. If you can make that, you know, case in point, you're good to go. But yes, most definitely. Do you find that corporate yeah. corporate part, and I know and it's it's a, it's a broad generalization, but right. corporate because they typically work in the in the for profit world as opposed to say foundations and, and that sort of thing. Uh, do you feel that they are more sympathetic or open-minded to not just the operational or overhead question, but just to ROI in general, that if you make this investment in say marketing or a system or, you know, this pilot program that if it works, it delivers this benefit. I mean, I find that a lot of, a lot of, um, nonprofit conversation sort of avoids this ROI framework, you know? Right. And I think, you know, going back to that question, I think there has been a disconnect um, between, you know, corporations and nonprofits as it relates to operations. Like I've ran, I've helped to write proposals where the corporation feels like, you know, 30% just to operations is too much. And this is where we've had to educate our private sector that's okay. If I don't, 
if I don't have overhead, who's going to run the program? Is the program <laughs> Let's go talk to your own finance director and see <laughs> what your overhead is for what you do. Exactly. You know? I'm so confused right now. <laughs> but we've had to educate. Like, I've actually had like really open and honest conversations with corporate partners. And I said, 10% is, it's that we're not going to be able to sustain this program. That's like half of one person. <laughs> so right. we've had, right. to, these are why dialogues are so important. Because they're like, oh, I didn't but the, but the percentages, I mean, those broad categories are silly because you can categorize right. people in different ways. I mean, it just becomes sort of accounting. I was just curious that whether your experience of people were just, um, uh, you know, thought about it differently than we often talk right. about in the sector and what foundations mm. often have relatively hard and fast rules about overhead. Uh, and, and they're not typically sympathetic to the ROI uh, exactly. conversation because just as that 10% threshold suggests they're more interested in programs rather than in organizations. Right, right. And I think RRI speaks the language of corporate partners. Another, you know, term that I, I hear a lot in our sector too is social return on investment. So what is the economic yeah, yeah. impact? It's something to include in your proposals as well. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's just summarize here uh, a little bit that we want folks to be, uh, if you're thinking about corporate partnership, on the one hand, it's like any other partnership, and it's got to be aligned strategically. You can't just throw in your strategic plan, oh, we'll go get a corporate partner, just like you couldn't say for any other type of partner. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you, you basically uh, put on your your um, prospecting and, and filtering and, and uh, confirming and cultivating and, and all that sort of thing. And in a sense, it's, it's actually quite easier because there's a lot you can do online and digitally. But behind the scene, there's ultimately a human to whom we want to make that human one-to-one -one connection and develop the relationships. Uh, but there is some some broader flexibility than we might expect with, say, foundations yes. uh, because of the, the for-profit uh, environment in which corporations work and, and, and so on. So we've got some, some flexibility there. Um, so what, what am I missing there in terms of what people ought to be doing? What else would you add to that list? And the other thing I would add to that list for nonprofits is really do some analysis of your core offerings, because just like there are multiple ways for a corporation to engage with you, you should also in turn provide multiple opportunities or methods for a corporation to, um, for you to engage with a corporation. So say just for example. The core offerings, by the way, core offerings, not, you don't mean yeah. your programs for beneficiaries, you mean core offerings to corporate partners. Yes. Yeah, so example, uh, some examples of that could be obviously financial. These are ways you can support us financially. These are some volunteer opportunities. And it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily have to be your typical volunteers opportunities. This is where I get pushed back from my smaller nonprofits. And I get you. I hear you. Um, but because you're a smaller nonprofit, you may need help with, you know, batching some of your gifts or making calls. I don't know. But you can actually get someone to volunteer their time to do that. So something to think about. Think outside the box. Um, but what are those engagement opportunities? And then non-financial, this is another piece we don't talk about a lot. You know, what are some of those in-kind professional service gifts or opportunities yeah. that you provide? So core offerings is essentially what are the ways you, uh, a corporation can engage with your mission, not just financially, but as it relates to volunteerism and engagement or some of those non-financial needs that you have. We need more computers. We need yeah. paper, whatever it is, diapers. What are some of those other ways can they, can they engage with you? So make sure you think of those things ahead of time. I, I think the biggest thing I, I, I really want to make sure everyone understands is that try to build up 
everything you possibly can ahead of time. Your proposals, what you can offer to a corporate partner, stewardship, cultivation, your communication strategy, especially if you're a smaller organization, if you can build mm-hmm. that ahead of time and, and create a standard operating procedures, it makes that relationship, you're able to sustain it because everything is planned out. And then after that, you're so what you're, what you're saying is, yeah, sort of enter this, enter this prepared, right? Yes, um, yes. Which leads <laughs> me to my, basically my last question. Um, and you started this very beginning when you talked about uh, the bandwidth and so on. Who shouldn't be going to corporate partners? Who is either not mm-hmm. ready or not appropriate? I mean, at what point, what's a test or a question you can ask yourself as mm-hmm. a founder or an ED, even a board chair? But some nonprofit leader says, you know, this is not the right time. Great, great question. So my answer is everyone can. I think every organization should reach out to corporate partners, reach out to the small businesses in your community. Small businesses are amazing because they give from their businesses and they give personally. So it's like a double blessing. So please do not ignore your small businesses. And especially if you're a smaller nonprofit, reach out to your small businesses. Now, when it comes to who should not, a lot of it is, you know, if you, if you're a part of an organization that doesn't understand that everybody it's all hands on deck on fundraising, then you should not be reaching out to corporate partners. Every it's the, the the job of reaching out to corporate partners does not fall just on one person, aka the development uh, director. Okay, there we go. That's one thing I think we should we we, yeah. we could really <laughs> amplify. It is not a single person's job. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. And I honestly, if you're a smaller organization, I have spoken to smaller organizations all across this country, and one of the things I've mentioned is, you know. Definitely leverage your board. Now, if your board doesn't have a culture of philanthropy, this is kind of like where we need to do a little bit of, you know, a cultural overhaul because the board is a significant contributor. I've worked for smaller organizations where I leaned on my board to help us raise significant amount of dollars from corporations. So the board is critical. So if you feel like you don't have the support you need in order to sustain or build corporate relationships, this is where we have to take a step back to determine, are we actually prepared? Any organization can we just need to have everybody on deck, all hands on deck. Right. And, 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 you know, you, again, it's that trade off with your time and energy versus mm-hmm. vis-a-vis, you know, events and major donors and, and that sort of stuff. So you, right. and, and really, I guess the question is what, what I'm going to put some words in your mouth that you can confirm or deny, right. <laughs> but if you, if you don't even have the, the bandwidth to prepare in advance, build right. out those things that you talked about and think through who's really connected to you strategically. If you don't have time to do that properly, this is probably not on uh, on the cards for you until you do till you do have that time. Yeah, and focus on your individual donors then. Like there's different types yeah. of giving. If you're more potent, if you're more grant ready, then focus on your foundations, focus on your individual donors, focus on building a really good board. Like the board is make or break for any organization. So focus on those areas first. A corporate strategy is just, and one thing I want to quickly say too, when you think about overall giving, corporations contribute five to 10% of the overall pie. Most giving comes from individual gifts. That that will never change. That will never change, right. Don't don't be worried if you're like, oh, we don't have a corporate strategy. If most of your donors are major gift donors, that's who's mostly giving. So that's totally fine. Right. (laughs) Right. No, I think that, that that's a great way to wind up and put it in uh, context that 
that uh, it can be a hugely, hugely valuable, not just financially, but in lots and lots of different ways. But uh, again, you've got to approach it from uh, the, the right perspective. And, and I think importantly, uh, recognize if you're not ready to do that, uh, you're, probably, you're probably better off uh, cultivating more individual donors and, and working those relationships. Fair? Fair, very fair. Love it. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you so much, uh, Tammy. Always, always a, a, a lovely pleasure to uh, speak to you. Do you want to remind folks where uh, they can get, get in touch with you and what social media they're likely to see you bouncing around on? Yeah, definitely on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the quickest way to get some updates. Um, Tammy Charles, T-A-M-M-Y, Charles, and then www.iamtammy.com. Iamtammy.com. Yeah. That's great. I don't want to. I don't want to even consider the spam. You must get to that account. Um, <laughs> okay, this has been uh, Nonprofit Problem Solver, uh, the weekly uh, live video podcast. Uh, this has been episode forty-five. We are going to see you uh, next week uh, at the same time, which is Wednesday, eleven Eastern, eight AM Pacific. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Problem Solver podcast. My guest today was Tammy Charles. You can find her at IamTammy.com or on LinkedIn. This podcast has been expertly produced by Glenn Munoz at PodPro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. Go to PodProAudio.com. You can join future conversations live by visiting NonprofitProblemSolver.com. Connect with Kev on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. For more information, visit kevkayat.com because good causes deserve better results.